Have you ever wanted to listen to two Indian dudes just rambling on about their lives, where they grew up, and talk about biryani? Have we got the podcast for you. Listen to my friend Ramiz and I throw out words like reductionist, psychosomatic, and grilled cheese for your amusement. And remember, you chose to listen to this. All right, everybody, welcome to episode, I don't know what, uh, of Brain Juice. Uh, we're very happy to be back after uh, a week's hiatus, I guess. Uh, as always, this is me, Akshay, and I've got my friend Ramiz with me. Hey, everyone. And today we've got a special guest, Gautami. Welcome to Brain Juice. Uh, we've rolled out the official red slash velvet carpet or whatever for you. The Zoom uh, carpet. <laughs> zoom, <laughs> zoom carpet. The Zoom carpet. Yeah, no, nah, it's okay. It's fine. We go way back. I don't need a red carpet with you guys. That's fine. That's true. And it's also the reason I can't afford one. So, yeah. <laughs> Either way. Um, it's great to have you, man. Uh, yeah, we've been talking, I know, outside of the whole podcast thing right we've been talking and you know it's good to catch up um especially like you know since you've kind of you know the stuff that we're talking about you kind of resonated with and we mm-hmm. definitely wanted to have you on uh and just you know i guess shoot the poop as uh, that's the pg version of it uh, as people would say um so it's been a week since we've you know released an episode i just wanted to kind of get a feeling of how everybody's doing i guess let's start with you Ramiz. how are you doing how are you feeling I'm doing pretty good. Uh, everything's been opening up right now, uh, but I don't think it's that safe to start socializing. So uh, everyone should take precautions and make sure that uh, they're social distancing for sure. Other it's than safe, that, I'm yeah. I'm feeling pretty all yeah. I'm I'm doing pretty all right. Um, um, got yeah. me. I, I, I'll have to. You'll have to excuse us for talking football for one second. Um, but some pretty big news for Ramiz after many years of pain. Liverpool oh, FC God. finally has won a Premier League title. Wow! Yeah, it it feels surreal, dude. I I I honestly, it doesn't. It it still hasn't hit because I think maybe once they play uh, Man City and they get the guard of honor, <laughs> that is when I'm really gonna lose it. But it's, it it really. <laughs> I've been following that team since '03 when I was 13, and I I gave up hope. So many times with all the managers, Hodson, <laughs> Rogers, we came close, but yeah, th- this team really is amazing. They're dominant. They are so intricate in the way they play. They just don't give up. That's just that's an amazing, amazing Let, team. Yeah, let's see the ta- let's see the tactical analysis for our future football podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we should do one for sure. Kazim, <laughs> are you into into sports of any kind or? Uh, See, I love football, but the thing is, half the time, I don't understand this whole team, managers, and I just see boys flipping out on Instagram, putting, oh my God, this is happening and that's happening. And I'm, I I try so hard to relate to it, but I enjoy the sport. I love football. I love playing football. But yeah, I don't get this whole managers, whatever, whatever just, just happened between both of you right now. So yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm uh, sorry that, that. That was hilarious. I was like trying to like control myself, but yes, um, football is fun. Uh, we'll save that once again for a football podcast. Um, <laughs> how are you doing today? How's how's uh, uh, what is it like nine o'clock your time? Uh, nine p.m. It's sure. exactly seven forty-two p.m. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how how are you doing? How was uh, how was your last week? I guess. Well. I mean, everything has just been 
really weird since the whole lockdown and corona and stuff because um <clears throat> you know you have a lot of plans you have a lot of ideas for how things should be in the few you know next couple of months and then suddenly things are not going as planned and then you have to make a you know new plans but then those plans don't work either because of corona so yeah it's just messed up but i mean i don't know it's okay i mean i guess well, we're pushing forward it's fine everybody's doing their own thing and you know just getting along yeah okay yeah, i just yeah, wish people social... yeah i know that i was just coming to that i i just wish people would just take it a little more seriously in public because everybody's just acting as if they're done with their holidays and now it's time to just go out and chill and have some fun but yeah i mean no i don't know it's i i really don't know why nobody's taking it that seriously i really don't understand and even when they wear a mask it's right below their nose so then i'm like why do you even wear it then you might as well take it off and then walk around like it doesn't make sense that is so true i don't know why they removing the nose it's like human beings can't be bothered nowadays to be inconvenienced just it's just such such yeah. arrogant people now yeah, even if inconvenience yeah. causes death uh uh-uh, uh we don't care we need to be happy in the moment you know i can't breathe <laughs> no it's crazy yeah and even if there's like scientific evidence that you know wearing a mask actually helps people don't like to believe science right but you know if i were to thump a bible or something and walk around and tell you that then you probably listen uh that's besides the point we probably not here to religion <laughs> right now because that would be bad um i i guess you yeah, we just wanted to kind of catch up you know just talk about how we met each other and uh i don't know if you wanted to go got we will give you the floor and then we'll go from from there Okay I don't I I don't exactly remember where I met you Akshay apart from the fact that we were in the same we were in the same school but I think I I don't even remember when we started talking I did you were just there all around in school I don't I don't know why I don't remember I just showed up yeah Yeah I you just showed up and I'm like oh okay there's Akshay and then I think another another thing is that we share the same birthday so that just kind of like you know just just set the tone for everything else so yeah, it was like you know in school he was my birthday twin So that was the thing and we still wish each other on 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 the on on our birthdays every day you know happy birthday twin or whatever but yeah it's it's kind of cool it's it's something that's been going on for so many years weren't but yeah i remember bus? i saw rami sorry were we in the same bus we were in the same yeah, school yeah we were bus. after yeah like since you joined school we were on the same bus and then remember there was siddharth you me uh that's right yeah yeah and i i i know i specifically remember where i met ramis because i remember this was i think um one of the arts fest or the school fest that was happening and you were the uh arts club secretary no i was a vice president no dude you this was before the vice president oh oh were you the vice president or something i i remember you were in the senate yeah i was the vice president no i never took yeah, part think, in the senate thing yeah and i think uh, in the I, prefect thing yeah so that means you were in the 11th or maybe 10th i don't remember anyways Eleventh, we met eleventh. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, somewhere yeah. along that time. Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember where I met Ramis, but I don't know why I can't recollect just the fact that you just randomly appeared in school and then you were just there. So yeah. Yeah, I tend to do that. I just show up. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was, I was, I was hilariously chuckling when I was on mute uh, because I just the thought of Ramis in any type of senate or any sort of government just gets me going. Like. <laughs> especially knowing Ramiz now like i can see him like screaming at the at the people out hey, come on the that was shady government man you can't you can't consider i see the government as a solid legit shit no <laughs> for sure 
Yeah, you were trying to be badasses and stuff, but every all the I remember it is so similar to how politicians nowadays just promise stuff like yeah we have extra variety of foods in the cafeteria. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my my sports captain speech was such a load of bullshit, and then when I actually became the sports captain, I tried to do half of it, but then the most of the the remaining stuff was just unaccomplished, and they were just like, and people just forgot about it. So then I was good, so it's fine. Yeah, and when I was in school, I firmly was a libertarian. Uh, I did not believe in government, so I didn't vote for anybody. Uh, <laughs> now I know why I lost. <laughs> uh, fun. So yeah, it's it's been it's good to catch up. And we were just talking before the whole you know, we started recording how it's been like almost a decade since we actually talked to each other on the phone or actually heard each other's voices. And yeah, you know, no, actually, I think. it's in person that it's been more than a decade but i think virtually we have all interacted with each other at some point of time that's true yeah right, um, right. at least now you get to see how old we forgot me so that's all <laughs> um yeah so yeah i think one thing on this is would be like super interested in is just kind of get your story i know you've you've made a lot of career shifts right and that's something that you related to with our podcast so you know <laughs> And we 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 kind of have this thing where we're trying to do a series of podcasts, right? Like you know, mental health and career choices and entrepreneurship and all that stuff. Um, and speaking of which, shameless plug, uh, please go back and listen to episodes one through seven. I guess if we just at this point, at this point, it's a running gag that we don't know how many episodes we're actually recording or putting out, which is great. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of get you know your insight into you know uh, what. sort of connected with you with our with our whole like you know the, the career pivot podcast and then the rest of them I know honestly like when you guys put it out I was so caught up with work I couldn't listen to it but then I think one day after work I was just in this particular frame of mind and then I saw the the caption for the podcast where you said you know okay you know we're talking about career switch and what not and all that and I'm like damn that's exactly what I'm going through right now I need to listen to this and then I just, you know you guys were talking and then again it was just nice how you just spoke about different things and again things that we can all relate to on a daily basis because i'm in india but yeah but yeah it, it just i don't know it just makes a lot of sense what you guys talk about it makes a lot of sense and then yeah and then i just kept listening to everything after that so thank you really appreciate that um what part of the career pivot thing really spoke to you I mean it was just that you know like most of the time people are like okay you know what you're this old now you know there's no point in switching from what you're doing to something else because you know you're just wasting your time you know what are you going to do like see the thing with me is I've always wanted to get into like the medical I mean I'm I'm already a psychologist but I actually wanted to do proper medicine and you know get into surgery and all that stuff and then when i talk to these fellow contemporary residents or doctors or friends of mine they're like no you're too old now why do you want to waste your time and then And 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 then I'm like, why is age always such an issue when it comes to doing things that you actually are interested in doing? So I don't know. I guess that's where the whole confusion in my head started. Yeah, I've I've noticed that. You know, I don't know why there's such ageism uh, in our culture, or uh, whenever we're trying to pursue something uh, different. Uh, like, do you think it's mainly to do because it's uh, they think everyone has an expiry date? Do you think is that or? Um... No, I mean I think based on what you guys were saying, and I, I mean again, I'm going to take a lot of history into this now. Like in like especially India has been a is is has been a country that's been 
going through slavery and you know economical issues economic issues and all that for more than 100 years because of you know british and people just coming and going and doing whatever they like but i think that has basically ingrained itself into our culture somewhere that if you don't find security or you know if you're not stable at a young age then you're you're just going to suffer and be in pain and misery you know as you grow older whereas when you go to other countries like in the west that's not as common like i i remember when i was applying to a psychology lab the the head of the lab she she had done her her bachelor's in literature then she went on to do mathematics and masters then she became a doctor and then she did a phd in psychology and i was like whoa like what 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 just happened there you know so if you do that kind of switch in india people are just going to call you crazy and forget switching it's like if you're in the medical if suppose you take biology in 12 you guys know this you're not even allowed to even look at the commerce area or that side of the subjects because even the colleges they don't even have that as an admission you know protocol or whatever like if you if you've taken biology you can't do economics if you've taken accountancy in 12 you can't go to physics or maths or chemistry or whatever so i mean you don't have all that when you look when you look at you know just on the basis of how you want to apply just to college in, and universities in the west they don't have such you know what do you what do you say they don't have such barriers yeah exactly they don't they don't have that you know you can just if you want to study something and if you actually feel you're good at it you can just do it and i think that's pretty cool there's a lot of open mindedness when it comes to things like this there here everybody's just like oh my god what will this person think or what will that person think oh my god you're so old oh my god uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah the the whole like barriers uh, when it comes to ages <clears throat> excuse me is uh, is actually you know something that that I've struggled with to like to explain to people that hey you know everybody's like oh you're a computer scientist you do this you do this and it's very hard to get into tech I'm like no anybody can do it I used to work with a uh, quick anecdote I used to work with an adult film star who you know went from her position as an adult movie star to becoming a full fledged you know engineer which is which uh, which cool. position uh, <laughs> that was that no uh, uncalled for uncalled for uh, <laughs> i just this, had to put that pun in there <laughs> this, this this is a this is a family friendly show it means i can't believe you did that uh, um, <laughs> So so yeah you know I completely agree with you that that whole this this whole idea of oh yeah the clock is ticking um, and i think you know this is a working theory i don't know if it's if it's based in any sort of science but it's some anthropological evidence in my opinion is that our society right views itself as you know you have once you born you top your school studies and then you finish your board exams and you have to do well and all that stuff in the middle you know screw your social life screw your emotional well-being screw your psychological well-being um to get you there because we want you to be stable in your life uh, oh no and then once you're stable you have to get married to some weirdo exactly. you have no idea about <laughs> and you're supposed to be happy with that person even though you might actually be happy with somebody else you're supposed to you're, you're like and then when you get married you're like oh my god you don't have kids why because apparently kids are a source of eternal happiness Like, I don't know. I'm not saying kids are bad. I'm just saying that you shouldn't force things onto people when they don't want it. Yeah, when kids. they're not emotionally mature enough to have children in the first place, because that exactly plays into a, such a vicious cycle. They end up being these children who are even more emotionally messed up. That's um, so true. That's, that's so very true. true. Um, but also, you know, to each their own, right? Like, if it's a conscious decision that you are making as a couple, good for you. Yeah. but in my opinion like there's a script that everybody thinks that you should follow and the moment exactly. that, you know, you kind of deviate from that script then it's like 
people start freaking out and then you start, you know, then you start hearing things from society, family, and then they're like, oh, this guy's doing this or this girl's doing this. And, you know, you could, what could have been? And not realizing that you would have been happy. Uh, so. <laughs> ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ಟ್ the larger scheme of happiness the collective exactly. happiness yeah, the collective and it's happiness. and it's some weird perverted happiness where everyone is like <laughs> constrained into a happiness yeah no but like i mean it's it's weird but then like i i was i was reading up somewhere that india has the most number of you know suicide like almost the maximum number of suicide rates and there are more people depressed in india than anywhere else I mean that clearly shows you that there's something wrong in the system and yet people are not obviously depression is not an illness because that's made up and it's just a phase that everybody gets over that's that's another thing but yeah anyways I'm I'm not going to get into that just going to piss me off Yeah they just and they think that the more to happiness is through economic might of the collective country which doesn't make sense at all I I don't even think that's a thing anymore it's the economic might of yourself quote quote yourself um <coughs> So let's let's shift gears a little bit from you know yeah. uh, <laughs> being detractors of and before we start getting called anti-nationalists. Uh, <laughs> um, I hey, you guys are fine. I'm the one in India. Excuse me. I live close to Surrey in Canada, which is you know probably mm-hmm. one of the largest Indian populations in in outside of India. So I don't know okay. if I want to be labeled as an anti-nationalist by anybody in okay. Surrey. um but yes you are way more ninja than, than we are um so you just talking about the whole career shift right and you know you made big career strides in your very drastic shifts i remember like in 12th you were doing biomath right uh, if i'm wrong yep 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 um and you always had that you know instinct of getting into medicine i know you you went yes. to college and uh, for medicine uh, i remember that very vividly um and then you took a different career turn and now you're here like what what was that whole sort of like navigation like for you okay so so, so what happened was <clears throat> i um i really wanted to do medicine and <clears throat> but my my mom and dad they were like you can either work your ass sorry you can either work your way into getting it we're not going to pay or you know whatever you to become a doctor if you want to be a doctor you study and then you do it so then i gave my entrance for that first year and i didn't clear it and i thought of repeating but my mom was like why do you want to waste your year doing this why don't you do something else and i ended up joining for a course called pharmd and i did that for 6 months i wasn't happy i stopped like i remember october 31st i come back home and i tell my mom listen it's not working out for me i'm not going to go back there anymore I'm just going to like repeat and then i came back home and i started repeating this and then by chance films happened and while the film was the whole that 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 career was going on one way i didn't want to compromise on my education so i wanted to do something as close to medicine as possible which is why i picked psychology and then when i actually started studying psychology i fell in love with the subject so much i did my masters and now i actually want to do my phd on that then on the side i've got this whole film thing happening as well so it's just like juggling everything at the same time 
Yeah, so you're basically superwoman at this point. You're doing so many things. Uh, that is what, like, to at least you know me. I, I can't speak for me, of course, but but to me, that's like super inspiring that you're actually doing something that you know, especially being a trained psychologist and now you're doing trying starting to strive for a PhD. Dude, that is not easy. Plus, trying to balance this other career that's taking a different side of your brain. Like, I, I don't know medically. I don't know, but to me, it seems that way. Right? Um, it's actually pretty inspiring to hear that. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's it's amazing how you've actually it's it's really um, really insightful of how you approach life because you're trying to look at it from a biological aspect of it and a psychological aspect of it, and it's. I feel that a lot of doctors should go uh, through that path because we tend to focus on the physiology and biochemistry where we don't look at the consciousness of how human beings function and sociology is almost never taught in yeah. uh, in the medical field. So yeah, it, it's truly, truly admirable for sure. So no, like, how, what made you get into psychology? Honestly, I was just coming to say that like I got into psychology because I thought, I, see again, I wanted to do something that was as close to medicine as possible. And this was the only first thing that I could find some interest in. And then I thought this might actually help in my film career as well, because again, the movie and the cinema is all about people and understanding emotions and all that. But then when I actually started studying it, I was like, this is really cool. And then I just got more and more into neuroscience and I was like, okay, you know what? This is exactly what I want to do. And it just, it just fit in. So everything just complemented the other thing. But again, see, I mean, as, 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 as fun as it sounds doing so many career shifts or whatever, because I've not been able to completely dedicate my time onto one thing, the, the, you know, the progress of actually reaching somewhere or, you know, like actually saying that I am successful in what I've done, that's taking a lot of time because I have to shift, you know, I have to divide my time between both of this. So the moment I start focusing on the neuroscience part of it, the film thing comes down. But then when I, when I start focusing on the film side of it, the neuroscience goes to a break. So it's just, I have to like manage time so efficiently so that, you know, the, the either of the, neither of the two are affected. So it's, it's just, it's, it's complicated. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so as tough as that sounds, um, it still seems like, you know, you, you love these both for both of these fields. Mm-hmm. Continue to go that way. Um, I, I guess you know from from that sort of like uh, so it's kind of a symbiotic relationship that you mentioned you know psychology and in, 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 in sort of movies right and in the yeah. film industry. Um, how has you, you know you, you talked about it and I, I I I'm sorry I should have read up more about you know what you're planning to do with the film industry I didn't because the I just didn't. <laughs> so uh, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, you know, that that whole concept of you, you know, doing psychology and becoming a trained psychologist. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. is that helping you sort of, you know, build better uh, a better experience in terms of, of, of cinema, or is that cinematic experience for audiences? Is that are you? Is it? I guess what I'm trying to say is, it, is it sort of translating into your other work? Like, do they bleed into each other? That's how do you correlate it? Yeah, how would how yes. do you as a professional correlate it? Well, see, honestly, I mean, I the, the film aspect, I didn't think of it much, but I know studying psychology has actually helped me understand myself as a person to some extent, because I realized how screwed up I am in my head. I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> so we don't realize it. And then when you actually start 
you know just just sitting and thinking of what you are and how you how you do things and how you conduct yourself and i i, I sometimes i think to myself am i oh my god am i this messed up like i mean i don't know if everybody goes through this but it's just like oh my god it's just such an eye opener when you know when you and, and plus i think it's e- a lot more easier for me to deal with problems because I, i i just kind of know on how i should you know just you know just you know focus my things and just facilitate through whatever's happening so that it doesn't affect my mental health so there are points where i succumb to pressure but still you know you, you i'm just using big words because you both like using big words so much but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that's true i do like you some big words on me sorry um i i guess but yeah, again that's the correlating aspect i mean i think now when i think of a script or suppose if somebody comes to give me a movie and i have to do a role i kind of think on how much i can you know bring a back story to the character you know what i can do behavior wise you know in terms of body language and you know in terms of how i speak the kind of emphasis on the kind of words that this person would do or you know what kind of little quirks in their behavior like do they like scratching their forehead or you know just touching their ears when they're lying or just licking their lips too often just you know these kind of little quirks that make each of us just unique i mean all of us have it we all yeah exactly yeah. so uh, that's what i was trying to gauge at so do you also uh, because you have trained in psychology do you kind of go back to their um, the ca- character that you're emulating do you go back to their upbringing and, and um, uh life cycle to kind of mind map how human beings have these tells um whether it's lying or fear or intimidation does does that help you uh, build a character i mean it depends or see again it depends on to what extent like again until now i've never i haven't honestly gotten a script where i had to like sit and think so much after doing uh so much of studying but yeah actually something's come up now and when i was actually reading that i i I kind of want to do like you know I don't know it's it's just this very it's 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 a process that I haven't actually set you know forth to do so far but then I might in the future but more than in in terms of films I think I sit and do this when I meet people on a daily basis and you know when they do something so instead of judging them I kind of go back thinking okay you know what maybe this person did that because of this or whatever has happened at this particular point of time and I can't blame them for that probably you know blame their parents or how they were brought up or whatever so it, it's 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 doing this has actually made me so much more empathetic that I'm actually able like I become too understanding sometimes which people don't relate to most of the time but yeah like you know when you're expected to feel not feel bad for people i actually feel bad for them because it's not their fault they ended up becoming this way you you brought up an excellent sort of you know point where i was i was just thinking to myself you know like us as a culture right we don't do introspection as uh, enough right we don't we don't introspect enough we don't sit and think about all the choices we've made you know we don't think yeah. about how we behave to the other person it's there's there's nothing of that sort that's happening and as a result of that i think we've become a less empathetic society especially like indian society where you know it's predicated upon social structure and like one upping each other right like even at work like the best thing one of the most common things i've seen like you know people do unfortunately is like hey how can i bring the other guy down and exactly it's it's mind boggling to me like people don't sit down please think about it. for a culture that's so deep rooted in meditation and yoga and you know all that good stuff that's been projected to the outside world i'm surprised that we just don't sit and do that introspection yeah it's like a weird social darwinism it's, it's yeah 
<laughs> but I have a theory as to why that is because mm-hmm. I like correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of um, our sociology is based on uh, psychologists who are uh, very famous in the 1920s mm-hmm. and. Um, are you talking kind of, about Sigmund Freud? Yes, <laughs> the famous Austrian, the father of psychoanalysis. So I feel like a lot of it has been based on Freud's theory of, mm-hmm. um, you know, how I, see, I feel a lot of it is focused on Freud rather than Jung, where Jung is more, you know, introspective. He talks about the shadow and, and all of these topics. And Freud is no, but the thing with the, the thing with the thing with Jung is that Jung was—I mean, Jung and um, Freud actually had a pretty good, you know, they had a good relation, and they, they were mutually sort of, you know, working towards the same ideas or whatever. I think, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of like—I mean, I, I mean, regardless of how much people sit and say that what Freud was just, a lot of people disagree with him, but I kind of a lot of the stuff that he says makes so much of sense, dude. Like, like. Basic, basically, if you check out any relationship problem or any sort of, you know, a, a, a break in your, how do, how do I, a, 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 any sort of conflict that occurs in your mind as an adult, it basically stems out from, you know, small, small issues that you had as a child. So the whole, it's like that whole process of when you were growing up and, you know, your personality is being set and your relationship with your parents and all of these things are basically predeterminants of how you actually will be when you become an adult so all your issues right now i feel personally is this is again my opinion all the issues that we have around us right now is because of things we've seen we've understood and we've learned as children and i think if you can you know fix that part like everything you do is basically a source like dude just just very simple example you might be scared of something but then when you actually think of why or how you got scared of it it's because it, it, it 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 used to freak you out when you were a kid and that just kept getting worse as you got older. And then now you don't even know why it's it's there, but you just know you're scared of it. I, I tend to agree uh, to, a, to a large extent because Freud, no matter what uh, people dis- uh, disagree with him, he had a lot of his basis on a, a very, uh, on the primary aspect of reproduction. I feel a lot of yep. uh, reading Freud and uh, understanding his work um, he he based it a lot on the instinctual aspects of reproduction. Okay. I think a lot of his theories have come from that. And not reproduction, dude. That's more like the biological aspect. He just spoke about sex as plain as that. Like everything was no, about he, that. Yeah, exactly. So like um the reason why Libido. I prefer <laughs> the reason why I prefer Jung over Freud is because uh Jung isn't re- he uh, agrees with Freud, but at the same time the reason they broke away from each other was because Freud based all of his theory on the reproductive aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, 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 and a lot of the, uh, the things like the phallic stage and the Oedipus complex. Yeah. I feel a lot of it had to do with his own uh, dealings with, uh, uh, with no, these matters. Because look at the phallic stage. He kept smoking a cigar even though he had stage four cancer. So that phallic stage, I can totally see him. No, but weirdly, sorry to cut you off on this, but. When, yes, when I was learning the Oedipus Complex back in college, I related to it so much, dude, because everything, like whatever he kept teaching, those were the same feelings that I had for my dad. So it made so much of sense. I mean, though, even if when I publicly admit it right now, people are going to be like, oh my God, what's happening there? But 
as a three-year-old or a four-year-old child, I when whenever I still remember whenever anybody used to ask me who I want to get married to, I used to pray. I used to say that I want to get married to my dad. Every time I used to look for you know potential partners to be with, I used to try to see as how close they would be to my dad than anything else. So the more similar they were to my dad, the more I would you know want to be with them because 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 you know you know when you know as a child that's my that he was my source of he still is my source of security and comfort and everything so if somebody else is you know there when like you know not i can't say replacement but just another sort of you know dad like person who's there it's you get that same sort of childhood comfort and feeling and you know that is i mean it, it made so much of sense to me the kind of stuff that you know obviously i didn't say this in class back then but yeah i mean this, this, it, it just made so much of sense to me while learning Freud stuff that some of it is actually true. No, I, I definitely want to expand on this in part two uh, regarding that uh, and how it might be related to Gordon Allport, another person who uh, interacted with Freud. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, we should definitely have this in part two. Yeah, I kind of feel very... bad actually because he has nothing to say right now. Oh, no, no, no. As an Indian kid, I was taught to repress my emotions and feelings. So I'm like, this is good to me, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> we're getting very close to time here, but, you know, I just wanted to point out that this, this is super valuable discussion. I, I think for me personally, right, as somebody who hasn't sort of expo- explored that psychology aspect of it, you know, I'm very much rooted in my, my stoicism ways. So I just keep keep on reading my Marcus Aurelius and, and stuff like that. So um, we, we do want to expand on, on some of the very important, awesome stuff that you were talking about. Uh, with that being said, uh, join us in part two, uh, where we will keep talking about young Freud and your other favorite psychologists, such as uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen. I don't know if Eddie Van Halen was a psychologist. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll uh, talk to you all in uh, part two. All right, welcome to part two. I'm just practicing my radio voice. Welcome to part two of Brain Juice. Um, it's good to have you back and hopefully you're still with us. Um, so in part one, we just you know, kind of talked about uh, how we've met and you know your training as a psychologist. Um, you know, some things that we talked about in part one, Oedipus complex, right? And you know, mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of talk about that in, in, uh, in this uh, segment as well. One of the things that I wanted to ask is, you know, if you could maybe sort of lay out what Oedipus complex means to just, you know, me, for example, who's not a trained psychologist. Oh, I can see your face going, ah! no, it's a, it, it, if you could just put it into like layman's terms or anything like that. If not, you know, I'm sure Ramiz okay. knows what it's all about. I'm, I, I, I hope I don't get, 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 get like shit from people in the soci- psychological society or whatever for my definition of Oedipus complex because I do not remember it. But it's more to do with, I think you sort of have this, um, this sort of, uh, in terms of what Freud basically was trying to say, I would, I would have to put it like this. It's like, you know, it's, it's it's like a the, the a boy a son having these sort of sexual fantasies towards his mother because apparently i don't know why that is or but freud, freud was basically used to say that you know a lot of issues for these boys when they're in that particular age they look at their father as a competition so the, the reason you boys start like shaving or wearing your dad's shoe is because you want to impress your mom doing the same thing because that's what your dad does and you know she's impressed by it so it's like, you know, it's and, 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 and the female term for it is Electra complex where, you know, my mom is sort of like my competition because she has my dad and I don't. That's interesting. As, as, so, as yeah. As I can put it. 
so um regarding that do you do you feel that it's mainly because um when a person is born and when they're in their formative years before puberty do you think it's because of uh, a confused state uh, with hormone regulation or do you think it is set in stone that there is an attraction because like based on anecdotal evidence of myself i didn't have that sort of uh, edipus complex maybe i'm just weird or something i'm not so sure but i've always assumed that it comes from a place of uh, confusion rather than attraction no i'm not saying it's attraction see again this could be in different forms that was freud's definition of it for other people it could be a sense of security or you know love or whatever it it could be anything it doesn't mean that you have to be physically attracted to your parents no dude that's creepy that's, that's creepy shit dude no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like it see it's like even when you think about your respective partners or you know prospective future partners or whatever you kind of look at you know even though you say that you don't want it to be somebody who's similar to your mom or whatever in the end when you actually compare you may actually find that the person you're with will actually have a lot of characteristics that are similar to your mom or you know to to basically any sort of female or you know any sort of person from the opposite gender who you who you respect or you give a lot of love and you know importance to and you will find that a lot of a lot of there there'll be a lot of similarities in behavior so i think it's more based on a sense of security and you know the idea that if something happens to them you will not have anybody love you as much as that or it could be anything dude it's just like the human mind is crazy and you don't know what kind of reasons we end up bringing up just to justify our own actions yeah yeah it's 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 a lot to do with you know um i guess where it comes from is because we are products of our environment and when we're in our formative years when we're very young our examples of mature adults are our parents so okay. i i mean it it makes sense that we want to associate with people who are similar to that yeah so yeah that yeah. that definitely yeah yeah i just wanted to interject here uh, first of all ramiz you are weird so that's 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 something that we cleared up you're as weird as i am so we're we're all pretty weird um it's interesting yeah, i just wanted to kind of correlate to to indian society right like i was just thinking about it we're we do you know, sort of see that in our potential partners right like oh is she as close to my mom as possible and i'm talking about you know myself Have yeah I, dude the creepiest thing is that maka khana banana that is so weird that is it's so like, weird i've heard i've heard guys say that yeah that they, like, the lady should make this similar food as my mother that's so, so weird <laughs> that's a criteria for you to to mark up it's so it's such bullshit right and, and i think if you want ma kha kha na just go to the kitchen ask her to teach you and make it on your own and eat it dude that's simple <laughs> <laughs> i am i am applauding because you know men that don't know how to cook uh, you guys it's sad and you suck i'm sorry like, how can you yeah. not know how to cook like what more what what brings you more joy than eating food like hello That, oh that's be- that's because they've never been you know sent to live by themselves or fend for themselves or have to pay taxes like honestly that's that's literally no it. but you can't blame you can't just blame the boys dude it's you you have to blame the moms as well because sure. when it comes to boys mothers try to make their lives as comfortable as possible like oh my god my son he's back i need to make sure he's treated like a prince and then if there's a daughter you know go go pick out your brother do this do that like hello what what is she the only person responsible for the house does he need does he not need to know how to survive like cleaning oh. cooking washing a basic skills dude it's nothing to do with the damn gender like wtf oh man that <laughs> it's so true that culture of 
<laughs> special yeah, snowflake I mean, for guys in ours it's it's, it's so true <laughs> like oh the boy can just sit where he is mom the mom will make sure that she serves the food right in front of him what doesn't he have hands and legs to go take it on his own i think that also comes from like this whole expectation that uh, you know most parents have where they're like oh they will take care of me when i'm old um dude yes. that's not unconditional love parents are supposed to give unconditional love it's not right. supposed to be on the condition that you know what when i grow older this is again i'm not saying it is your responsibility to look after your parents come on because they they're like sacrificing their entire life just to see you or you know or they they're doing everything they can to make sure your dreams come true and their dreams come true or whatever so then the least you can do for your parents is look after them when they're old and when they're not able to i'm just happy that nowadays things are changing and people are taking equal responsibility of what's happening but there's still a long way to go dude i'm still not happy with how it is i tell ramesh this all the time like you know you you're brought up right and as a teenager you're brought up you you can't have relationships right you're frowned upon if you have a relationship you can't yep. fall in love because you know that's not something that's supposed to happen to you you're only supposed because to love doesn't exist love doesn't exist it's it doesn't exist you're supposed to only do this it's a partnership right at the end of the day um you're a bad then, boy if you fall in love that's what it right. is right and, and and when you hit a certain age all of a sudden you're supposed to talk to a girl or a woman and then all of a sudden you're supposed to get married to them and live happily ever after so you don't connect intellectually and create a whole new human being that's insane right. <laughs> right create a new human and being and you have these two confused adults just putting their confusion onto another human being and this person becomes an even more confused version of the two of them and that causes even more chaos around yay and it's amazing like how we got to this point as a society oh that is our social structure you, you know what screw the social structure like the social structure sucks it's not supposed to be this way why i and that's just my sort of two cents on on, on that <laughs> I just needed a breather. Like, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think a lot of um, people, especially I think our generation, I could say that a lot of people from our generation will actually relate to to the stuff that we're saying. Uh especially, you know, uh, I don't want to get too dark on this, but the f- female infanticide that goes on in India, I have heard stories uh from my grandmother uh, about how they used to just crack the baby's neck as soon as they found out it was a girl. No, but I think that sort of stuff was much more happening towards the north, and I don't think it was that evident in Kerala, because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I spoke to Akshay regarding this. The south has, <laughs> even though it's a bit patriarchal and stuff, but it still has a little bit more respect for uh, women individuality compared. But to again, the north. It, even even in Kerala, <clears throat> it's just a particular community that's actually matriarchy, which is the one that I'm from. Like we're we're mad crazy about stuff like that. but everywhere else it's still the patriarchy stuff happening yeah uh, but still yeah. even even my community it's 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 gone a little haywire in between i don't know what happened to people but yeah that, they were like mad you know i remember my grandmother and i i remember reading stories from like there's this book called the ivory throne i i'm not like it it talks about like the travancore the, the, you know the, the the ruling kingdom and all that and the guy, the ladies were such bad asses back then man like oh my god I don't know what happened to people nowadays. Like, it's so inspiring reading those stories. So you know, we talked a little bit about this in this uh, in our episode called "Toxicity in the City," which was you know mostly about toxic masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you being from that world of, of you know film, right? I kind of wanted to talk to you. And I know Malayalam cinema has taken a different turn, right? Like at least from when it's coming mm-hmm. out. But 
one of the things I keep hopping on, and I was talking to Ramiz about this, is just the portrayal of this whole patriarchal thing in cinema. And it frustrates me because, like, you know, we have such a, such a like, a hero worship culture, right? Like, uh, especially in the South and stuff. You know, I, I won't get into names because Ramiz will fire me later. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's that hero worship and kids, you know, look up to movie stars and things like that. And for me, like, you know, you coming from this background, I wanted to get you two cents on, you know, what's, what, what's changing at least, you know, in, in that world and like the whole sort of systematic, uh, you know, rise of patriarchy in, in, in cinema. See, I mean, when it comes to Malayalam films, I, the thing I love about it is, is that it's so rooted. It's so close to reality. And, you know, I mean, even though there is a lot of hero worship, it's not to the extent that you find in the other industries in the rest of India. Like, it's not crazy as Telugu or, you know, Bollywood or Tamil or anything. But I mean, I'm, I'm not, obviously, the, the heroes here have a huge fan following and then they, they, they really, but again, I think that sort of hero worship is purely because of what amazing artists they are. Like, they're so talented and, you know, that's the thing I like about the industry here that they give a lot of emphasis for talent and, you know, than anything else. So if they actually, if the people here actually feel that you're talented and you're actually doing a good job, they will promote you regardless of where you stand, you know, in terms of, again, you might be a hero, you might be a supporting actor, you might be a comedian, you might be anything. But then if they actually feel that you're talented, they give you space. And even with regards to changing, you know, this whole gender thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see a lot of women actually taking up typical roles that, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the technical side of it, like be it cinematography or direction or anything it's nice to see so many more women just coming up and you know wanting to learn and what and they're given the space as well which is also a good thing so they're actually they're able to come out and there's so many so many girls nowadays they're becoming assistant directors and they're actually trying to make their own independent movies so it's it's nice to see the change that's coming it's, have it's, you it's, noticed it's there's have you noticed there's a little less nepotism in malayalam industry than other places or is, do you think it's a bit the same no, see, again, that's what I'm going back to. In Kerala, you, you might be, it, it doesn't matter who, whose son, it, I mean, it, it does make a difference, who, like what your family is and all that. But then if the people don't think, people here, if they don't think that you're talented enough or you, you're not, you don't have the stuff to become what it is, they, they just, they don't blindly just do this because you're somebody's, you know, something. They, if, you know, you have to convince the audience that, you know what, look, I'm here, I'm the real deal and then they, they will be all over for you. And that's the thing I love about the industry because anybody can become a superstar tomorrow if they actually have it in them. That's the beauty. Yeah, that's how Tom Hanks got into Hollywood, Ramiz. Nepotism. (laughs) No, no, no. Grand descendant of Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) No, but you've you've seen a lot of that, you know. um, Almost in every aspect of our society, you've seen a lot of nepotism that has led to better job opportunities or, you know, um, recognition based on the name. College <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's like, it's like, you know, the elephant see, in the, the room is, that nobody wants to talk see, about. The thing is, see, the thing, the thing is it, it's, nepotism is there everywhere. It's like any industry that you take, it doesn't matter. You could, you could, it could even be the, you know, catering field. It, it's, there's still nepotism and it still works on relationships. It doesn't matter. I think people are picking so much on the film industry because everybody gets to have an opinion on it and it's just out there for everybody. They're to easy see, targets you know? because they're public. Exactly. Yeah. 
like they don't know what's happening inside an IT company or they don't know what's happening, you know, you know, the head office of Google or, you know, whatever. So because of that, people don't get to comment on that. But out here, you have the media picking on this. You have people getting inside, you know, information on what's happening. So it's just easy for people. And again, as humans, we love sitting and discussing other human beings because clearly that's source of entertainment for everybody around us. But yeah, that's, that's beyond the point of this conversation. But again, I mean, I'm just saying that like, it's just, it's, it, it's almost like people are so unhappy around that you know it's sorry it's almost like people are so unhappy around that this only source of getting some relief is just sitting and just you know talking about other people i don't know i i really don't know how that works but yeah uh i can see your lips moving remise but i guess you're on mute yeah oh sorry <laughs> it's like that instant dopamine hit uh just uh you know having these bad mouthing talks uh exactly. regarding people yeah let me make myself feel good about myself. Uh, <laughs> By cutting down other people. That's like, that's such a weird evolutionary trait that we have. <laughs> it's, it's like this example I always, you know, use. Like if, if there's a candle, if there are two candles, just because you blow out another, the other candle doesn't mean you're going to shine any brighter, you know. It's just yeah. the same amount of energy. It's just the two of you together emit more light than you being alone. People don't understand this. Yeah, that's how we got got this podcast started, nepotism. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to hop on nepotism a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, just going on, I know Ramiz, you had some questions about, uh, you know, what we talked about in part one with Kothami. So, I'll, I'll let you take the floor. But before that, you know, so far, it's been an engaging conversation. Uh, I just wanted to say that, you know, we've made a lot of people uncomfortable, which was yeah, before I we started this. Yeah, I really hope, I don't, I don't get shit for this, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> oh, I, I oh. Do, I knew what I was signing up for when it was the both of you. So then I just let it go. Yeah, there's about, there's about 20 people that listen to this podcast. None of them are trained psychologists or part of you know, <laughs> the world. So we're good. I think we're okay there. Um, all right, Ramiz, I'll let you take the floor, man. I'm sorry. I've taken up enough time. <laughs> yeah, but but I just wanted to um, ask your opinion, Gautami, on uh, Gordon Allport, one of um, Freud's um, buddies initially, at least. He was a patient who talked about um, methodological uh, reductionism, which is you yeah. break down topics and then you analyze them. A lot of our social sciences in academia nowadays is based on his theories. So do you think there's an evolution in modern psychology compared to how Gordon Allport um, first deduced methodological reduction? Or do you think we are going back more to... Uh, intrinsic and uh, simple views where you're not breaking problems down and just trying to get an instant dopamine hit. Do you think the psychological field today is evolving in a positive way or it's just, um, it's just re- regressing? Well, this sounds like one of those questions you might get, you know, when you're applying for grad school and like, so what do you think about <laughs> this? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Clearly, you haven't been listening to Ramiz on this podcast. <laughs> I told you, like, the, the intro, the whole intro to this podcast is Ramiz throwing out big words. I say I'm included in it, but really, you know, it's mostly Ramiz throwing out words like reduction. No, I, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, jokes apart, coming back to what you were saying, I forgot. No, we have a trained psychologist here. I, mean, I would ask this. The question, I forgot the beginning of it, but I, from, let me, like, just speak from. <laughs> From, sorry, sorry, I'm not going to make fun of you anymore. But yeah, uh, I mean, see, the, the psychology is such a tricky space, dude. Like, see, the thing is, even when, when I compare on how things are done in India and things are done outside, 
and okay, let me take this on research perspective. Yeah, I feel right. a lot of the research happening here is still. It's not evolved enough to like when I look at the labs or prospective labs that I want to go to, and when I look at the work happening outside, there's just diverging things, and it's so multidisciplinary, and you know they're just mixing things up, and you know things that you had no idea you could do. But here, it's 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 still so repressed, and it's still like if I just put it as simple as this, what we're doing in India in terms of psychology was already done ten or twenty years ago in the West. Whoa! Really? I mean, that's what I personally feel like, and I could be wrong. I might be reading the wrong books or talking to the wrong people. I don't know, but I just feel, that, yeah. Even in terms of books, we're still learning. You know, the same things that was taught so many years ago back then. It's like even the syllabus isn't you know changed or you know like the like it was when I was in IIT that I was like, okay, you know what? There is some sort of change happening in psychology, and people are actually you know doing new stuff, but. When I look at other colleges around, it's it. I don't see anything innovative happening. So who honestly, I'm, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, who do you think? Yeah, who, who do you think they're trying to focus more on uh, in the psychology realm? Do, are they going through methods of what uh, Allport taught, or are they uh, wishy-washy about the? the no, see, so the thing is, we're taught everything. So you have to learn okay. everybody's thing, and then you get to pick. Who you know on whose basis right. you know it's like, so it's so it's like some people work like an, an, another professor who I really like he works more he likes mixing things up so he he mixes a bit of Freud he mixes a bit of Allport he mixes a bit of Jung he mixes he, he's and plus he's got his own theories and stuff but then he's really experienced in the field and he's in his seventies now and he's really good at what he does but then it's all based upon what you feel that you can connect to and how effectively you feel that you know the people you're dealing with. It works with. So I'm not that good with the patient and therapy stuff because I've been so focused on research and neuroscience that that question, if you'd asked me probably four years ago, I would have had an answer for it. But right now, I don't know. Like, see, the thing with Allport is that he's he he he's 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 made it. He's made personality and stuff describable that everyone can be described in a particular way. The other people. They've just like if if you look at Jung, he's he's made things more like you know a collective unconsciousness, and you know he's he's made about you know like you know individuation where you're trying to separate yourself from things around you and all those things. But it's like I I, I don't get why you know you have to separate these things because all of these people have such such amazing stuff about the human psyche. I feel that you know we should just take bits and pieces of what everybody said and then see how things work. That's so true. It's you, like we're trying to pigeonhole our things. They're they're all perfectly true with what they say, you know. See, so so like how I've understood it is that everybody in psychology is in two groups. Either they all follow what Freud has said, or they're anti-Freud. So it's either right. everything is just right. this or this. So I've noticed that so much. <laughs> yeah. It's either okay, let's let's be Freud's disciples and just go with what he says, or be like, okay, no, I don't like what he's saying, and I'm going to make my own stuff. So it's everything is just climax, anticlimax, or whatever you know. So it's like there's no in between. It's like we've intrinsically put drama in psychology as well. There's no there. It's either black or white. Like no, pick a side. Yeah. I don't want to pick a side. I like what everybody's saying. That's not fair. That's that's so true. Why do you think we, our culture does that? It's always black and white for some reason, based on specific criteria. Is it like we're ingrained in? Uh, in our education system, or do you think we as a culture are doing that consciously? 
I think it a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with exposure, maybe. Like you know, when you're not, you know, it it could be that you know you've only seen yes or no. You haven't gone through what happens in between. And I think the more you expose yourself to new experiences and new people, and you know, you get the person. I, and I honestly feel that you know traveling is one of the best ways to do this like the more people you meet the more cultures you get to go stay with or the more you know the more experiences you get to have you just grow as a person and you're, you're and you're less surprised when you see things and you're more understanding and you understand that everything is doesn't ex, doesn't always have to be black or white you know there's always shades of gray in between no pun intended but <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're so true we have this uh uh, I would say it, it, it's like confirmation bias every time we're trying to form theories with our culture. And maybe that's why a lot of people are just focused on that. Yeah. Well, it's also because, you know, you're, you're, you're conditioned to reading Tinkle instead of reading like actual like books, right? Or, you know, you're only, I mean, the books were great. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, and, but our school library only had a certain number of books. And, you know, this is something I wanted to ask you. Um, should some form of I, I don't know what to call this, but should some form of like these basic psychology be taught in schools? Like you could say like, you know, at least for us, you and I, moral science was like moral science, but it was basically like a period that was free for us. Right? Dude, come it's on, moral science is basically. a free period, man. We, we used yeah. to wait for moral science because even yeah. the teacher was really bothered with what was happening in class. Right. That's, that shows you, I mean, you know, the reason I have this whole thing about the education system at some point, and maybe we'll have you on, but that's ridiculous, right? Like nobody cared about, okay, this is going to build your character up. Or no, no. When you said this, sorry to cut you off. When you said this, I just remembered something. Like, this is something I read very recently. Like, I mean, you all know what IQ is. You all know what EQ is. Like IQ is basically how smart you are. EQ is your emotional, you know, quotient, like on how you handle your emotions and how it helps you maintain peace, whatever. And then there's, you know, there's something known as SQ, which is your social quotient. It, it basically, it, it talks about how good you are with, you know, people and maintaining relationships, you know, friendships, blah, blah, all that. But the sad thing is, it's, it's, it's just that I feel that in our, in our school system, we're only taught on how to excel in a particular field. We're only taught to compete with the person sitting next to us. Like, you're only good if you get more marks than your best friend. Otherwise, you're not good enough. That, that, that's the sort of, you know, teaching, or that's the sort of idea that's instilled in us from childhood. It's never that, you know, Okay, you know what, maybe this person scored better than you because they're good at the subject and maybe you're good at another subject. Why don't you give that a shot? That, that, nobody, nobody says that in school. It's, you, it's like you have to be good at this, otherwise you're just labeled as a dumb fuck. Sorry for swearing. But yeah, no, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, you're allowed to swear on this podcast, but you're not allowed to talk about being No, and then, and then another thing is that they don't teach you on how to deal with adversity, like, like you, like what happens when you're an adult and you go through this? How do you deal with this? Who do you talk to? Like, what if you're at a situation where you're you're so depressed and you're so upset and you you're on the verge of suicide? What are you supposed to do at that point of time? What sort of thought processing should you have? You know, what are you going to deal with as an adult? Like, people should definitely have a class on what to do when you become an adult because, dude, these are the things that because. Like adulthood has hit all of us and all of us are like, what is just happening around us? Because half of the time we don't know what, what we're doing as adults. Like I keep telling myself, you know, when I was like 10 and 12, I just wanted to grow up. And now I just want to go back to school again because I can't handle what's happening around me. Like sometimes it's just so difficult to be an adult. And honestly, if people had just told you that, you know, okay, or at least in school, if they prepared you or, you know, just some sort of 
exposure to how things would have been in the future i don't think a lot of people around us would be committing suicide or going into depression or having such you know such crazy mental health issues dude i mean i don't know this is what i feel oh this is something that you know is very close to our hearts like this whole like you know dealing with being adult or dealing with being adver- being, being in an adverse situation dealing with just growing up man like as as a teenager right you you first of all you're getting hit with a bunch of hormones then emotions and you're like i don't know what to do with myself like we talked about this at some point uh, the amount of suicides that we've had just because yeah. you lost you got 99 out of 100 is way too damn high i mean it's it's yeah. ridiculous that we would put so much pressure with ourselves and then suddenly we're taught not to deal with them like exactly. it's always like oh 10th grade you have to do this 12th grade you have to do this college you have to do this and then oh you have to get a good job it doesn't matter what you, you know, if what you go through on the way that just creates like no and memories. even even the job thing dude it's like it's it's like you either have to be a doctor or an engineer and now being a civil servant officer is also fine because that's acceptable it's reputable you know white collar job it's like there's no there's no importance given to on what the child is actually good at he might actually or she might actually be good at painting or maybe singing or anything that you know they might actually even be a good you know good with wood and carpentry and stuff so what if the person becomes a carpenter what is so wrong in that there's nothing wrong in you're you're creating a you're creating art out of a chunk of wood dude like how many people can do that like i feel in our society it's all about okay you know you're from a social class you're supposed to maintain that decorum otherwise society is just not going to accept you that doesn't make sense yeah i i definitely feel it's we give we give too much of a monetary um uh importance in our culture um, everything is about money society. yeah everything is about money like and that's see that's one thing i admire about the west because over there like as soon as you turn 18 you have the option to travel see the world like you know like you have like 18 19 year old like half the time when i'm traveling around india i see these 18 19 year old kids and they're so much more smarter and mature than us or than me at my age and when i was their age and then i i realized the kind of importance that the society that they're growing up you know in actually you know it it, it just changes you so much as a person like it's like the like metaphorically the explorer in us is beaten out in childhood to be exactly be basically a subjugated workhorse and yeah i mean this it it it, it doesn't help um, the individual at all it's all about a weird collective um, yeah and yeah, i don't know if things are going to change though sorry sorry and the moment you break out of that everybody is trying to like put you down and be like you know it's not going to work but the moment you succeed everybody's at your foot like ah see i told you it would work like what 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 do you tell me you told me i you asked me to quit what are you what are you talking about like i don't that get is, it that is one of the favorite things to do like a lot of art culture loves to say i told you so uh and that's an unfortunate exactly. unfortunate side effect of how what our social structure is um we're getting very very close to time uh i you know i do want to sort of call it uh but before we get to that point in you you did talk about our school structure a little bit and how you know psychology was supposed should have been yeah. sort of at least half done right um one of the things that that we consistently talk about at least me and I off podcast is about how that can be integrated into school systems or like if there are any <laughs> teachers young teachers listening you know how do you as psychologists recommend that they sort of build that into their curriculum or their education uh, sort of syllabus like 
uh, what I'm saying is like, even if you're a math teacher, right? At least at some point you gotta teach some math skills, but also teach some life skills, right? I think people look up to teachers. So if there is a way to do that, uh, yeah, I mean, see, even if it's if if it's math skills, like some people are generally just good at maths, and some people are not. Like you, like, and regardless of how much you force somebody to do it, they just might not have that particular part of their brain working or whatever. I don't know, because I know I'm. I mean, again, and for some people, it takes a lot of effort to learn the same skill. So the kind of language that you use or the kind, the way in which you try to teach somebody something, it, it affects them a lot. Like instead of saying that, you know, oh, he's, he's not good at it or he's, he's really, he's dumb and, you know, he shouldn't be doing this. Probably if you actually change how you approach the child, that itself might create a lot of difference. Like I, I feel that most of us hated maths because of the people who taught us mathematics. I mean, at least... Like I'm, you both are sitting and laughing, so I, I guess you agree with me. But yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Exactly. So we hate the subject because of the person who taught us, not because we actually didn't like doing math. Yeah, agreed. So again, um, that's what. So that shows you how much the attitude of the person teaching makes a difference. So if they just be a little nicer, use kind of words, and have a little more time, patience, and understanding, I think that would make a huge difference on that. That itself is psychology there, dude. That's like psychology 101, how to handle your students. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't have said it better, man. This And this is why we loved having you on the podcast. So <laughs> we are getting close to the end of part two. Um, in part three, we'll just, you know, sort of, and it relaxed. We won't talk about crushing baby skulls or anything like that. From these. Okay. So, <laughs> I told you this is a family friendly show. Uh, we'll, we'll end this uh, right now and then we'll see everybody in uh, part three. So thank you very much. All right. Welcome to part three uh, of episode nine. I guess we've been juiced now. I finally confirmed that this is episode nine. Um, so, you know, in parts one and two, I think we went into a very sort of uh, amazing spot where we were talking about you know just our uh, you know our feels and, and just the, the entirety of of how we think about psychology today and just general society related stuff um this part i just wanted to kind of keep it light um and the reason i was just talking about you know how to not talk about female infanticide i'm sorry man i have to talk about this because you brought it up and this is a thing um, our, our podcast called Brain Juice for heaven's sake, man. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> um, but but yes. I was trying to expand on the broader cultural aspects of our society. That that is my whole. Keep it thing. Like Keep it light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <all right. laughs> um. So you you talked about traveling, Gautami. Like you, we obviously in today's pandemic world, we can't really travel. That's something that mm-hmm. I. I love doing right. A lot of people would probably resonate with us. I think our culture, right? At least our generation younger, um, they travel a lot. Like people do love traveling a lot, especially to different parts of India and you know different parts of the world. I think that's that that sort of helped us sort of shape sort of a better society, better thinking, meeting new people, right? People say that you know a race's greatest enemy is travel, uh, right? Uh, travel and education. So these are the two things that we were thinking about. But so, but. Sorry to cut you off, but I feel that nowadays a lot of people travel just to post pictures on Instagram and Facebook and show that, you know, my life is so fly, look at me, instead of actually just going there for the experience. True, true. We're obsessed uh, with posting stuff for some exactly. social score. <laughs> it's like your Instagram true. and your Facebook 
has to look so happening so that other people can get envious of it but the sad part is you might not even be actually going through that in reality and you're just putting up a show for other people i shared this page with rumi it's called influences in the wild it's fantastic mm-hmm. oh it's, it's amazing it's amazing it's, you should just watch this you know we might sound like we're crass over people but you know it's like looking at people who just want to take like especially when the protests happened over here wow so much for keeping it like but when the protests happened in in the us right there were oh, pictures but of this protest i i'm sorry you to cut and i forgot about i forgot to say this but the same thing just happened in um tamil nadu like 2 3 days yeah, ago yeah for the for those two two people yeah there were yeah i mean Yeah, let's just not get into that because again, you said you want to keep it light, so I'm not. Yeah. So well, you know, uh, in the spirit of keeping it light, um, you know, when the protests happened, there were pictures. There was this one, a lot of people actually that were, you know, holding up BLM signs or like, you know, stop doing this or you know, defund the police or whatever. They're holding signs, but they just took a picture and they drove off in a Corvette or in a Camaro. Like, you know, I understand social media is a tool to, you know, sort of build yourself and push your agenda mm-hmm. and whatnot. but there's there are lines that you shouldn't cross especially when it comes to you know looking at your fellow human being man like so that's separate topic whole different discussion that's a void um but yes in the interest of keeping it light favorite travel destination what do you think where, where what's what's your favorite place to visit if you had to choose if you had to go back or if you had to choose a completely new destination let's let's make two questions Damn, I, I'm just going for beaches, dude. Like it's just beach, beach, white sand. Everything that's come, just coming into my head is just beach and white sand. And plus, I haven't traveled enough to actually even pick out my favorite destination. So right now, just keeping with places that I've traveled, definitely go Karna. Like mm. hands down, my favorite spot. That's go, actually pretty cool. I good. just go there. Yeah. So when you think of vacations, what do you think of Rumi's? Like you know, Gautam mentioned sandy beaches in in blue sky. Like when you think of you know perfect travel destination, what do you see? For me, there's there's two types. One would be for relaxation. Then it would be like something that's towards the beach aspect, that's and then the other one is ex- response. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one would be exploratory. Uh, Keep it light, bro. Keep light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if it's for relaxation, definitely something that's a beach. I've always wanted to visit the Maldives. Before it sinks, <laughs> but yeah, Maldives is a place. I suggest you go to Lakshadweep because it's just a cheaper version, and oh. it's, it's as it's, it's as beautiful or even more beautiful than. I mean, it's it's they're they're all the same island you mm-hmm. know, group. So yeah, like Maldives, it's so expensive. If you can just go to Lakshadweep, it's just cheaper, and you get to it's just it's one of the most beautiful places around. Oh, you should definitely yeah. do that for sure. But as long as when it comes to historical sites, I would really want to see the Stonehenge or maybe Göbekli Tepe in Turkey. Those are like simply. <laughs> that is light. That is my light. <laughs> Ramiz, But yeah, Ramiz's light is pretty heavy for most people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go back to Tepe. Yeah, that, yeah, that. I, I just started reading up on it recently. It's quite interesting the stuff that you know, just yeah. around the whole. I'm just so fascinated by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. hunter gatherers building yeah. these monuments. It's almost impossible. Actually, like, okay, I've had it with both of these people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, but also uh, I'm very interested in listening to you both because I think you know we we all have like different views, right? Like, yeah, for me, like the first thing I see when I think about vacations and in holidays is just greenery and waterfalls. For some reason, I don't know. I feel like I love I love swimming. So every time you know, especially in Canada, like in Vancouver, it's beautiful to find waterfalls and trails and stuff. And, Even when I was in San Francisco, I did the same thing. Like even when I go to Kerala, right? Like I love going to like Arthur Billy Falls and stuff like that. 
it's amazing. Like for me, water, I, I live yeah. water. So it's, it's yeah. criteria one for me is to get somewhere close to water. I don't know why. Um, but to, to your point, Rami, is like one of my favorite places to visit, right, was Turkey. It is just so steeped in like culture and like history. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, great to hear that you guys yeah. all have different sort of travel destinations. It's kind of cool to, you know, listen and, and put it out there. But if you, I guess uh, water food be also plays a very important role for me. Like, yes. I, I, like if I'm traveling somewhere, it has to have good food. Otherwise, I'm just going to be yeah. disappointed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're preaching to the choir, man. I'm so tired of that Nutella Instagram shit. (laughs) Like, you go visit local cultures and the only thing you're having is Nutella pancakes. You should really ingrain yourself in and immerse yourself in the culture that you're visiting. I love uh, eating the local cuisine, especially, you know, nothing that's fancy. It's, you know, street food. That is something that I feel is like it speaks to uh, basically the working person's working class cuisine I for me I really like in uh, ingraining myself in and immersing myself in that culture Food yeah I mean like which, I, which cuisine do you like the most look honestly like recently when I went to Thailand the dude the food was just ah oh, like everything was too spicy for me I couldn't handle it it was just like I, I my, my spice tolerance is like way below Indian standards but like the food was just so good like I realized that I don't know, man. Like, I just wanted to like swim inside that, you know, the the the, the sweet mango, the sweet rice mango thing. I was just so good. Oh my god, the food is just to die for, to to die for, to die for, to die for. Really good food. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. Uh, Amis, yeah, but, but, uh, huh, sorry, sorry, no, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Finish, finish. No, 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 no okay. finish it. All right, fine. We'll otherwise we'll keep doing this forever. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say the awkward uh, silence dance. Okay. Uh, it's not the awkward silence. It's more of the you know no no you go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead. Um, um, I, I think there was a Monty Python sketch about it at some point. I'll send it to you guys. So as we're getting close to the end of part three, uh, and you know we've successfully kept it light. I think Ramiz has this thing where he sure. likes to ask you guys, ask everybody that comes on, you know, a bunch of random questions that I think would be really cool for people to listen to. Gives them exposure about, gives us exposure about all the, you know, different kinds of podcast books, movies, and other weird things that we we'd like to do and listen to and watch and all that good stuff. So I give you the floor, Ramiz, and you know, don't forget you have to ask me the, okay. those questions too. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll start with you, Gautami. Um, what is your favorite book? Yeah, sorry. Your favorite book? Whoa. Okay, I think recently... You have to pick one. Uh, 40, 40 Rules of Love by Elif Shafak. Like, I love that book. Interesting. Your it's, favorite it's podcast? It's based on Rumi. It's based on Rumi and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Oh, okay, okay. That's... Yeah, it's pretty cool. My favorite podcast. Weirdly, I've just started listening to podcasts very recently, and it started with you guys. So yeah, let me like expand my horizon and like listen to other people as well. So your favorite is Brain Juice, Garrett. All right. Currently, yes, I have other option. <laughs> All right. Uh, which public figure inspires you the most currently? I think since a long time, it's always been Sushmita Sen. Interesting. Like, she's just. Yeah, dude. I mean, the way she, like she's just even at like when she won Miss Universe, the kind of things that she says, the the way she speaks, the way she carries herself forward. Like at twenty four, she knew she wanted to be a mother, and she didn't want 
another man to help her in it as well. And she wanted to adopt a child and she did that. And there was so much of shit that society was giving her for it. And she just still went along and did it. And then she, she adopted for the second time. And the things that she says in her interviews, and she's just one of the most intelligent people I think I've ever come across. Like so she carries herself so, so well. And you know, even though she's not as successful as her contemporaries, according to society in her film career, like she's done so well for herself. I mean, I really, really admire her. Like you can just sit and listen. Yeah. You, you, you can just sit, listen to her talking for hours and hours. She's so smart. Oh. Uh, your favorite band? Music? Band, musician, whatever. That band is like yeah. a, a, a I think I think we all go back to childhood. So I think it's a mix of Linkin Park, Eminem. Um, uh, the, and, oh, there was that, 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 that weird band that you guys used to like, that heavy metal one. Uh, wake up, trying to some break. Oh, up, uh, system of a down. <laughs> exactly, S O I D. I love, I, 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 I love how the the instant connection to system of a down was wake up, wake up, and that's it. That's, <laughs> that's that's like my favorite part of anybody who's new to system of a down is like show them chop suey, and then this is their reaction. Yeah, but chop chop suey is like I think that was the first song I heard of theirs, and I was like, damn, what is this? Just. <laughs> Yeah, that just yeah, really yeah. speaks to our our, uh, our culture. Um, our okay, culture greatest, yeah, yes, anyways. for sure, for sure. Uh, you're the greatest icon of the 21st century. Wow. I don't know. That's like a lot of people to go through, dude. <laughs> That's the whole right. point. So many people. Yeah. That's the whole point. It is. It is a hard one to pick, but you know. Okay, you I'm just top of my head. I don't know. Maybe Diana. Oh, oh. interesting choice. That's that's Very a interesting choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, your healthy I food why. option. I mean, I I feel that you know, like how the royal family works and how she, just everything that she's been through. I don't know. I kind of felt that she did some pretty badass stuff. So yeah. True. Your healthy food option. Seriously, looking at me, you think I need a healthy food option? <laughs> I mean, we're trying to, trying to promote good values here. So, <laughs> what, what, what is your go-to me, uh, um, cuisine? Like, is it yogurt? Is it... Pizza! Pizza! <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let that slide because you can make it healthy. <laughs> yeah, you know. Pizza, yeah, when you get a pepperoni pizza, the little pools of water in the pepperoni, the little pools of oil, that's healthy. Oh, dude, don't get me started. So that's a right Brooklyn now. Nine-Nine reference. Hopefully people get it. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll ask you this. Food advice, because I eat whatever I want, because clearly it doesn't show on my body. So I just eat, dude. I mean, I don't know what disease I'm going to die with in the future because the amount of crap I eat, but yeah. Okay, we get it. We get it. You're calling me fat. It's totally fine. <laughs> I, I ate way too okay. much. Okay. The yeah. camera does add a few pounds, so let's go. Oh, wow. ah, oh my god. <laughs> You're not even denying it. Ouch, ouch, ouch. I, 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 I refuse to I refuse to dignify that with a response. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. I'll ask you the same thing. <laughs> Favorite book. Uh wow, I had one in my head and now I completely forgot what it was. I think it's probably going to be the Mueller report when it's released unredacted. 
<laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> All right, favorite podcast. Um, favorite podcast would probably be. Um, I'm gonna pull up the name right now because it's awesome, and I think uh, you should listen to it because it's okay in in the spirit of nepotism, right? It's um, it's a podcast that's uh, that's actually started by my sister uh, called the Darkest Hours. <laughs> it's a true crime podcast, so. Uh, if you guys have a chance to you know, go forward, listen to it. It's actually pretty cool, and she's yeah, you know, she's a young one trying to you know, get get out there. So that's that's cool. All right, uh, your childhood hero. Uh, my childhood hero. I, I know I've said Batman before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna say <laughs> Batman anymore because that, that might sound <laughs> that might sound like a repeatist. I, I've got a myriad of things to choose from. I've got Batman. I've got Nacho Libre, Deadpool. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the green power. Range. Deadpool is not childhood because Deadpool came when you were adults. We're talking about childhood here. Too. Oh no, very much so. Uh, but yeah, the green green power ranger. There we go. <laughs> Why? Because right, he was um, evil first, and then eventually became good, and then you know became the white ranger and all that stuff. Sorry, <laughs> bit nerdy, but yes. Our greatest icon of the 21st century. Uh, the green power ranger. <laughs> Favorite musician or band? Let me guess the Power Rangers theme song. <laughs> Power Rangers theme song. There you go. It was pretty awesome, man. Um, no, the greatest icon of the 21st century would probably be Tom from Tom and Jerry, because that dude got shit on when he was when we were kids, right? Everybody thought that Jerry was the the the, the good guy, but then you realize as you grow up that Jerry was such a dick, and. He, <laughs> Stuff he did to Tom. Or, oh, there's another perspective to it. Tom and Jerry were actually friends. And if Tom actually didn't take the effort to even try or make it look like he's trying to get rid of Jerry, he would have been replaced by another cat, which would eventually end up eating Jerry. So to keep everybody happy, Tom and Jerry just did this whole shit. You just, like, uh, sorry. Damn. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> by <Mine> exploding. <laughs> The more you know. <laughs> All right, that was awesome. We should probably do another podcast. Just the the just psychological the, the, the perspective psych- of yeah, Tom the psych- and Jerry. Oh, god! All right, um, last question, Akshay. Um, favorite musician or band? Favorite musician or band? I am going to go with uh, the story experience. I love their songs. I mean, I love their song right now, which is out. And hopefully after the pandemic, you know, they come out with new songs. This is somebody I know personally to uh, the great musicians. Uh, we might link the, the song Listen to Me Again by by the story experience in the description of the podcast. So feel free to check them out. But, but you know, but you know, on, on the basis of these questions, I, I was just thinking that, you know, when you ask about books and movies and musicians, I think a lot of it depends on the kind of mental state that you are at that moment. Yeah. Right. So if you if you ask me this question probably two weeks from now, I'd have a completely different answer for you. Yeah. For sure. Which is which is why I asked Ramesh to ask me again, and we'll go Every with that week. theory. We'll go with that theory, right? Every podcast we'll get, I'll start to say give give him different answers, so that you know at least keeps. Fresh. But 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 too much of variation may actually make it look like that you have no solid stand on things and you're just too much of you know jumping around on. Matters. Why did we decide to get that. a psychologist on the podcast, Ramesh? <laughs> This is perfect. I'm like really enjoying the content. Um, so we're, we're close to the end here. Um, I wanted to just end by saying it was awesome having you on. We hope to have you on again continuously. Yeah, and I'm game. You guys can call me whenever you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm in this now. And we hope to be so equally equally silly uh, in future podcasts and equally serious as well. And 
hopefully we make more people uncomfortable, which is you know kind of the goal of this whole thing, uh, <laughs> and also to talk about things that don't people don't talk about. Um, so you know, just wanted to say thank you from both Ramiz and myself, and uh, thank you so much, Kautami. Yeah. So any closing thoughts before we? Yeah, yeah, closing thoughts. Please call me again. I'd love to sit and do this. So much fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, if you're listening to us, and hopefully you are, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have questions, comments, clarifications, strong opinions, or maybe even snide internet comments, Feel free to reach out to us at The Brain Juice on Instagram and Twitter. As always, this has been your weekly dose of Brain Juice.